Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hello, America, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. I've got a special guest for you today. This is the sort of guest that brings energy, ideas, always makes news, but also gives it on the level, gives you stuff on the level. You're always going to get a straight talk from him. Dave Bossy, the founder of Citizens United, the Republican National Committee chair, uh, Committeeman from Maryland, and um, a close advisor to President Trump for many, many years. And now, ready for this? He's now the chairman of the GOP Presidential Debate Commission that will decide all the primary debates and the formats and the hosts and the uh, venues for the 2024 presidential election. What an extraordinary opportunity. Dave Bossy joining us. Listen, when you got a guy like Dave Bossy, you want to maximize every minute of the interview. So we're not going to go over today's headlines. I know you're smart enough and, and probably already have done, gone to adjust the news, checked out the headlines. A lot of important news cooking around there. Check it out. But uh, we're going to do a quick commercial break. When we come back, the one, the only Dave Bossy is with us. You're not going to want to miss this interview. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, the original founder of Citizens United, a man who can claim his, his group's name is on a landmark Supreme Court decision. How many people get to say that? And an important advisor to President Trump, we are joined today by the one and only Dave Bossy. Dave, welcome back to the show. 
Thanks for having me back. Always. It is an honor to have you. It really is. And you're, you have your finger in so many different things, but I want to start with somebody that you've been an informal advisor for for a very long time, trusted uh, former president, Donald Trump. He had a big event this weekend in North Carolina, seemed to get a very strong welcome in, in a, a state he took two times, a, a purple state he took two times. Tell us what the significance of this weekend was. What, what, did, what things did you see in Donald Trump? What signals did you get from him uh, as you watched that event play out? Well, that's a great question and a, and a couple of things. Uh, you know, as somebody who really focuses uh, a lot of my attention on what the president has done over the last five years before we got elected, he got elected in, in 16 and since, uh, delivering uh, a very strong endorsement uh, for Ted Budd yeah. uh, for the United States Senate in North Carolina really will settle that uh, campaign uh, you know, for the nomination down a little bit. I think that uh, the president is influencing. And if you look at historically, uh, he's endorsed in hundreds and hundreds of races over the years and, and he wins almost every. Yeah. His records are remarkable. Only one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Two uh, losses and, and, you know, it has less to do with him and more about the candidate. But the bottom line is uh, in a place like North Carolina, uh, his influence in the Republican primary is going to be, is going to, in my opinion, be seen as very strong. And yeah. you'll see that race, I think, take shape here in the, in, in the near future. So one of the things that he did was reestablish himself in North Carolina, show up to say thank you to North Carolina for two wins. Um, and, and, of course, his daughter, Laura, uh, you know, got up and spoke and, and actually had been rumored to be thinking of running for yeah. the Senate in North Carolina and, right. showed, and said, and obviously made the case that she was not at this time going to do that. Uh, but the, the, the president talked a lot about uh, the things that we as conservatives, as Republicans uh, want him and need him to be talking about. And that is Joe Biden's utter destruction over the last four months of President Trump's recovery, economic recovery that he was leading coming out of the pandemic, uh, trying to get to the bottom of, of the pandemic and where it originated from, whether, whether it was from, you know, a bat at a wet market or whether it was from uh, a Fauci organized, Fauci uh, funded, uh, you know, Wuhan lab uh, that had gain of function research that was overseen by Fauci. So we're going to find those things out over time. But the president made the case that China owes the world uh, an explanation. They under they have to be transparent, which you and I yeah, are right. not going to be. And they owe money. Uh, you know, the reparations aspect of this $10 trillion for the U.S., I think is, is the right starting point. Um, you know, I was uh, I, I, I just think that we, we definitely need to do that. So the president is talking about uh, Joe Biden and the terrible job he's doing on jobs and uh, regulations and, and policy. And look at the open borders and the crisis at the border. We have the Middle East is on fire after yeah. four years of relative comp. We have we're just seeing the whole world turn upside down uh, because of this transition to weakness. Uh, and the president talked a lot about that, but he also talked about winning back the House and Senate in 2022, uh, that, uh, that our candidates need to be talking about the important issues that the American people care about, not 
what AOC cares about, what, what the American people care about. And that's where the disconnect for the Democrats are. And that's why we're going to win back the House and Senate and, and shorten Joe Biden's destructive presidency to two years. It, it is remarkable. You know, when, when you listen to that speech, it was a very simple but straightforward argument. Like Donald Trump makes, you know, he has a way of just resonating. When I turned the keys over to Joe Biden, the, the border was at a historic low of illegal immigration. There was peace in the Middle East. Gas was two bucks. Uh, there wasn't inflation. And the economy was doing quite well, given the fact that we had been in a historic pandemic. And now look what Joe Biden's did. And just the way he did it. You know, if you're an average American sitting back looking at it, you're going, you're right. God, four months, a lot has gone in a different direction. And, and I think seeing him in that role, talking about the grievances of the American people was so, you know, that's when he's quintessentially Trump, when he's most successful. He's talking about the grievances of the American people. There's no people. question. There's yeah. no question. And he speaks for the forgotten men and women. That's how he got elected to begin with. 100%. Uh, but the most expected but still disappointing thing for a guy like me is yeah. the lack of coverage of the speech. Yeah. The, he, you know, um, he goes and he gives us, you know, a really uh, a major address since his presidency. And. And the mainstream media does not want uh, to cover it. They, they don't. don't cover it live, and they don't want to cover it uh, in the hours and days after because they don't want to give him oxygen. Because every day, Joe Biden's policies, Joe Biden is driving the American people back into the arms of Donald Trump. And that's, that's really, at the end of the day, what the, what the weekend was about in North Carolina, his opportunity to do it again in the future if he so chooses. It's remarkable to me to have seen two things happen about 48 to 72 hours apart. Donald Trump give this speech, you know, one of his first post-presidency public appearances, and uh, CNN and Fox don't really have anything uh, live. And, you know, uh, Real America's Voice was covering it live here. They are partner network, but not many were. And then 72, 48, 72 hours, CNN's blathering over an interview it got with Barack Obama that gets you know, widespread media coverage. And you say, well, how can one former president get all that mainstream coverage and the other one be shunned? And, and then people say, well, that's been the story of the last five years. The media is just <laughs> not neutral the anymore. They're yeah, not neutral. We, we know the answer. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, yeah. look, I mean the, and the American people are smart. They are. They get it. They see media bias every day. They see it, whether it's on Facebook and them banning the president for two years, Twitter, yep. these big tech companies. But it, it, the big tech companies are no different than the Washington Post and the AP and the New York Times and ABC and CN, uh, CNN and, and NBC. They're all the same. They're run by the same corporate liberal elitists uh, that want nothing right. to do with Donald yeah. Trump. They didn't want anything to do with him in 16, but they thought he was good ratings. And they may, and then in 2020, they harmed his campaign by not giving him uh, the amount of oxygen, the amount of coverage that an incumbent president would normally get because they didn't want to be a party to him winning re-election. I mean, that, that, that's what he was up against. The, the president was up against, uh, you know, an unbelievable array of forces against him. Um, but, uh, you know, this is a divided nation. We, yeah. we, we just are. And, and uh, you know, the Senate is literally 50-50. The Democrats have a four-seat majority, the slimmest majority in 100 years in the, in the House of Representatives. And, and, the, and the presidency was decided by 42,000 votes in three states. It's amazing. Uh, you know, and, and by the way, there was still questions in corruption and corruption and ballot harvesting and all of these things that still get called into question. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know, it's the divided nation. And that's really, it's Joe Biden did not receive a mandate to go and run amok uh, with this left wing socialist agenda that, quite frankly, Donald Trump promised 
wouldn't happen um, if he was elected, if he was reelected. And Joe Biden, remember, famously said, do I look like a socialist to you? <laughs> well, you know what? You do, Joe. Yeah. Listen, there was a moment yesterday that I, 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 I've been in covering Washington 30 years. I haven't seen a moment like this. We have our vice president in Guatemala, and the Guatemalan president is lecturing her. It's your immigration policies that created this whole problem. And she had no answer because at the end of the day, all she could say is, I hope people stay home, which, by the way, made the left wing of her party mad at her. Like, but oh. what a moment on the stage to show the difference from where we were in December. Kamala Harris's first few months, they felt pretty bumpy to me. I mean, maybe as bumpy as the Dan Quayle uh, entry, you know, he had a rough entry, I think, as vice president. I think there is there, there's something about Kamala Harris and the American people that are just not connecting right now. How do you see it? I agree with that. I totally agree. And, and, you know, for him to have lectured her about your policy created yeah. this problem on one hand. And then on the other hand, he makes her put on a mask. Yeah. Did you see that? I miss that part. He makes her stop. He makes her stop. And as they're walking away from their bilateral, you know, uh, 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 press conference, which is normal. Right. right. um, He makes her put on a mask. I miss that nuance. Wow. It it was unbelievable. He sent her back to her podium to get her mask and put it on. How about that? The the level of disrespect, to be quite honest with you, of their president and our vice president was palpable because wow. he knew that she was pandering and he treated her as such. Yeah. And, and, and you're exactly right. He, he called her out and for her to say with such conviction and passion and zeal that stay home, don't come, don't come. Joe Biden was on the presidential campaign trail telling everyone to come. Yep. We welcome Kamala you. Kamala Harris was telling everybody to come. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they realize, uh-oh, hey, hey, John, it wouldn't be surprising to me if uh, all of a sudden, uh, without any announcement, some of that wall continues to get built. Okay? Yep. <laughs> you're going to see maybe, I bet you're right. maybe some walls going up, and they're going to blame, oh, well, we had contract and we, we had no choice. Yeah. Right? We had no choice because they were already paid, and we had to, we had to contract, so we just yeah, let they had, a they choice. had to finish it. Yeah, but I'm telling you, they need to do something. They are this border crisis is now yeah. becoming a political crisis for the Biden administration, and it is not getting better. It's only getting worse. Look, I, nowhere did you and I think 120 days ago this would be this bad this early. It, it's been a really shocking period. I mean, I think of just things that I've looked at, and you know, sometimes little moments speak big volumes. We had the Mexican president and the German chancellor lecturing America about free speech, the land of free speech, and because they couldn't believe our country would censor, you know, a current or a former president on social media. And they're like, we can't let this happen in our countries. What a remarkable moment. Uh, and, and, and I think that this whole last five months has made America a little bit of a caricature in the eyes of all these countries that have looked at us with such esteem and aspiration. We want to be like yeah. America. And for the first time, they're like, we're not so sure we want to be like you guys right now. It's it's a remarkable and, and, moment. No question. But you, you know what also they're thinking? I think I believe that the leaders, the, the Merkels of the world, they're very savvy. They're they very are. smart. Oh. She's been around for a long she time. She knows how to maneuver. Successful. Right. Okay. 100%. You know what she's realizing? What's that? She's realizing Joe Biden is driving those Americans that voted for him those are the, the marginalized, the downtrodden, yeah. right? The, the forgotten men and women who he said, you know what? 
we need the adults back in charge. That was their argument, right? We, we want the adults back in charge. We're going to have calm. We're going to have order, yep. right? We're going to get away from this crazy Trump guy. That's what they would say. Yep. It's crazy. That was their Even argument. they were totally wrong about it, now they're driving. I think these, the Merkels of the world, they're saying Joe Biden's driving those people right back into the arms of Donald J. Trump and that it's going to give him an opportunity to run again in 2024 if he so chooses. It, that's part of the equation that the yeah. Biden folks aren't even considering. The American people go to the gas pump every day. They're watching the news uh, of the border crisis. They're seeing Israel, you know, in just being attacked. They're, everything that they said wouldn't happen, right? Put the adults back, the so-called adults yep. back in charge. Get uh, we the the truck. Hey, guess what? People looking back going, miss, you know, Donald Trump is, uh, you know, miss me yet. I think that's, there's something to that. Yeah, I think you're right. You're starting to see, see it in the polling. I mean, the polling clearly shows that uh, particularly Republican voters want him back and hope he runs. And if he does, he's their, their preeminent choice. When you look at the last week, we had some elections down in Texas, both in a border town that was heavily Hispanic and in Fort Worth, where Democrats thought for the first time they were going to take that mayoral seat. And Republicans triumphed in both places. What do you see? I mean, you, you're so good at handicapping races and understanding, interpreting. How, what, what message do you take from those uh, election wins for Republicans well, over the weekend? Yeah, I, you know, for a couple of things. One is um, the conservative movement is alive and well, and and yeah. the Republican Party is alive and well. And for people to think, you know, uh, you know, four months, four months of really bad policy, okay. Uh, is is making people miss Donald Trump, and that's what's being seen. Now you had the North, the New Mexico seat, which was a heavily Democratic seat, right? That went for the Democrat uh, in a special election to replace uh, one of the cabinet secretaries, right? Right. Um, yep. Yep. Uh, uh, and 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 that was the Democrat. And the, right. Right. Holland. And the Democrats were like, "What a great day! What a great day that it, that a I think it's like a D plus." 15 yeah it's a, it's a deep blue seat we, that, it, yeah. that they, yeah it's a deep blue seat and that and they won it by 15 or 18 points and they wanted to celebrate that saying this is a good omen for the midterm <laughs> yeah. those things have nothing to do with each other right yeah. like we we are going to see what's happening in texas they the democrats said for the last oh several cycles that we are going to be able to win statewide in texas because, you know, of the change in the demographics of the state, because mm -hmm. of all of these things. Well, guess what? They're, just like Joe Biden's policies around the world, there is economic policies, are driving voters back to us. Those voters in Texas want to have nothing to do with the Democrat Party. And that's why, you know, one of the most important people in the country today is Joe Manchin. And I think Joe Manchin, you know, has to be thinking about changing parties. Uh, he, he, they are driving him. It's, it's, it's very much like Ronald Reagan. If you remember Reagan's famous line, you know, I didn't leave the party. The party left me. Yeah. Right. right. That's what Reagan yeah. said. But when he was, he had been a Democrat, you know, for a long, long time. And he said, you know, the party left me. And I think if you're Senator Manchin right now, that's kind of what you feel like. You feel like the party is now the AOC right, Tlaib party, yeah. not, the, not the party of John F. Kennedy. 
Yep. Right? I mean, even oh, Kennedy though, would be a Republican today. Let's face it. You know, he, no question. Yeah. That's my point, right? Yeah. Is, is these guys, these, it, it's not the same party. And I think Joe Manchin um, is is being attacked with, he's being called a racist. It was unreal. The Democrats. media coverage. Yeah, and the media coverage what too. What I mean, they are doing to him and they're driving him. And by the way, I mean, you know, it's an obvious statement to make, but if he changes parties, the world changes and Biden's administration yeah. is over. It's effectively over because you go from Senate Majority Leader Schumer to Senate Majority Leader McConnell and nothing in the Biden administration, nothing in the Biden administration gets done. Nothing it's, between now and Election and Day. And you feel pretty confident. You're pretty good at making these prognostications and reading tea leaves. You've we're going to win your- back the House. Yeah. yeah, we're going to win back that. Yeah. What, do you think it's possible that the Democrats push Joe Manchin into the Republican Party still this year? I'm going to – I hope so. Uh, and and, and I, I hope they continue their assault on him. I hope they continue their attacks on him because he is not somebody to, to, to just, you know, shy away from uh-huh. that and, 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 and cower. He is going to, I think, react in a way that they won't like. So – He's a very common sense person. He's yeah, from he West is. Virginia, very common yeah. sense. And he knows his constituency so well. And and by the way, it's going to be hard for him to win with with a Biden on the ticket, right? Yeah. As in a Democrat in twenty twenty four. Good point. He, he has to think about his future and whether he wants to run again as a Democrat in a state that is not exactly hospitable to Democrats statewide. Right. And he, he in 2018, in a what was a good year for Democrats, he only won by about 16,000 votes statewide yep. Yep. Against, against a really great guy, okay, um, the sitting attorney general of West Virginia. But he wasn't the most well-known, he wasn't well-funded, and right. he didn't have a really good campaign, to be candid. And he only lost by like sixteen or 18,000 votes. That, that's Joe Manchin yeah. winning in a year where he should have won over by an overwhelming number and not against a strong candidate. And now you have people who, who even the attorney general could run again, but right. you have Alex Mooney, who is a sure. great conservative member yep. of Congress. Congress yep. There's going to be redistricting, so they're losing a congressional seat. So you're going to lo- have one of the members of Congress, one of the three Republicans looking to potentially for Move a on. job and yeah. they could be running against a Joe Manchin. And that's not, that's a different animal altogether. So look, I think that Manchin has a lot of thinking to do, um, but he's doing a great service for America and for the constitution and for our liberties and freedoms every day that he holds them up, that he yeah. stops them, that he slows them down. You know, his op-ed was so thoughtful over the weekend. It was in the Charleston uh, newspaper, and it said, listen, the reason I'm opposing this, this isn't a bipartisan election bill. This is a partisan takeover, and we don't need any more divisiveness in this country. He called out his party for creating legislation that was dividing the country instead of uniting it, and it was very thoughtfully done. I mean, a lot of times op-eds, you look and go, oh, political op-ed, okay. there There was a sense of passion and thought to it that was quintessentially Joe Manchin. I mean, when you get to see him on the stage, you see who he is, and uh, he is that common sense guy. That's why he connects with all those blue collar workers in the state. There's no question about that. You're exactly right. And w- and what he did um, on the you know that was on HR one, yeah, S1, S1, right? Yeah, Senate, yeah, right. Um, on the, the the you know this this anti citizens united uh, legislation, really. Right. What it is? That's right. Uh, th- Good point. They, yes. they poured in all the they poured in all of the you know, election integrity stuff that they wanted, uh, you know, so-called, uh, you know, uh, left-wing, um, you know, uh, mail-in ballots and per- making all these things permanent. 
but it wasn't a real, it wasn't a for the people bill. Right. But Joe Manchin also has stood tall against killing the filibuster. Yeah. And he believes in uh, the process. He believes in the, the history of the United States Senate's filibuster more than he believes in uh, AOC's left-wing socialist agenda. And that's, we, we need more people like uh, Joe Manchin, not less. We need more people like Kristen Sinema, yeah. uh, not less. And, 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 and by the way, all, th- th- those people that used to be called blue dogs, right? You don't even hear that term. No, anymore. it's Why? a lost because art, the but Democrats there are a few of them left. Right? Yeah. There's only a couple, though, yeah. and that's right. the problem. We used to have a huge group of, of Democrats that were elected, and now they've all been primaried yeah. by the AOCs of the pushed world, out. right? And, and they get pushed out, and now the Democrat Party is not the party of the working men and women of this country. It, it's a socialist party, yeah. and we just need to call it out for what it is. There's no doubt that the, uh, the party has changed in really magnanimous ways. I got two last questions for you. One of them is really a policy-related when you look at what's going on in the school districts across America, whether it's Loudoun County, which I think is sort of the, the, the ground zero for this, the debate over an extremist ideology in the school curriculum versus a patriotic school curriculum like the 1776 curriculum that President Trump left behind on his last day in office, how big a deal is the fight for America's schools and how might that play out in the 2022-2024 election? Well, first of all, I think the parents are the one thing that this, that I can thank the uh, you know the teachers unions for is the great parent awakening, and you are seeing parents across the country, whether it's in Loudoun County or the a county near you, wherever you are in this country, the parents have said enough is enough. We are not going to be masking our children, and we're not going to be teaching them from the kitchen table where so you don't have to go to work. We're going to be back in school and we're going to teach an America uh, uh, first, uh, you know, not politically, but an America first right. historically um, uh, agenda. And that's what the left doesn't want. I mean, the left knows that the, the, for them to win, it's generational. And if they can use this, this, you know, critical race theory and other, you know, insane um, uh, teaching policies. It is going to change our children for the future. And and parents are not standing for it. And they're firing school boards across the country right now. And I got to tell you, I think that if you look at, you know, look at Ron DeSantis as an example, he's saying anybody in the state of Florida if you're running for the school board, I'm coming for you. If you are going to be a supporter yeah. of, of critical Unambiguous. race, we, we, it, that's right. And that's why I say, so 2022, 2024 is going to be great because the American people are going to uh, reject soundly all of this. Yeah, you'll have your, your pockets of San Francisco sure. and other places yeah. that will do that. Hey, more power to them. People will move out of there. You know, the, the population of California will continue to dwindle, decline. Right. Yeah. And, and hopefully they don't take their left wing policies to these conservative states. But I think they're going to get to places with with lower taxes, better quality of living, better run states. And they're going to recognize the reason why. And yeah. I think that that's what we need as a Republican Party to grow the party. So I'm, I'm excited about uh, uh, about the answer to your question, which is 2022 and 2024. We're going to see a complete and utter rejection of the Biden-Harris 
socialist agenda for America, and we're going to see an embrace of uh, uh, American exceptionalism. And that's what, that's what America was founded on, uh, and that's what America has been for the last 240 years, and that's what it's going to be for another one. We had a great story over the weekend. Eight billion dollars of personal income fled California in 2020. That's how many Californians left the state and took their income with them to Texas or to to uh, other Florida, other uh, warm yes. and uh, more tax uh, and less regulatory uh, unfriendly uh, states. Eight billion dollars in a year lost revenue. Just a remarkable fact. People do vote uh, with the ballot. They also vote with their feet when uh, policies get too extreme. Last question, because this is about you. You had a big announcement come up and uh, you were just named the chairman of the Republican Presidential Debate Commission. That's a big deal. Congratulations first. What do you got Thank in mind? Thank you very much. What do you got in mind? That's always a really fun, <laughs> well, you know, that's an important job. It really is, John. And it's it's really one. And, and I get a lot of uh, really cool volunteer jobs in my life. Yep, yep. You know, uh, one of them helping the president, uh, you know, over the, over the last four years. Sure. But uh, it, it's, 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 uh, uh, this job is going to have impact. Uh, being able to participate and be the decision maker as chairman of the committee, uh, you know, one of the decision makers, uh, you know, for how the primary debates, uh, when they begin, who, what, what networks get to uh, host them? What the moderators, you know, are are about, and the questioning, and and all of the rules of who gets to be on the debate stage. All of those, you know, when you, when we guys like you and me, John, when we Monday morning quarterback all these debates over the years, right? Yeah, that's it, we, right. Well, why did they do that? Why did they let that happen? Yeah. Well, now now, now the buck now stops with you. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> So, so I'm going to call down that on myself, but I think that, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a great, it's, it's really going to be a great challenge. And then we pivot immediately. We, I've already begun working and negotiating on uh, with Frank Farenkoff, the chairman of uh, the, the presidential debate commission for the general, the general election. election right. And, yeah. And, and, and so we're already talking about, you know, the makeup of the commission and how some of those commissioners, uh, you know, said, really negative things uh, because they're supposed to be, you know, nonpartisan. Nonpartisan. That's the whole purpose uh, of the and, commission. And, yeah, exactly. And, and they're supposed to not take sides. And some of the commissioners over the years said incredibly negative things, nasty things about President Trump, uh, both in 16 and since. And so, yeah, you know, we have true. conversations about that. We have conversations about unilateral decision making by the commission. Remember, they went to a virtual debate without any not you know without any conversation they just they changed the second debate in uh in 2020 to a virtual debate and and of course it never happened uh but these things the, there's a lot of things that and then of course you had the moderator issues right um, oh god did uh, we ever know, have the moderator the issues yeah, last time oh my right. gosh yes yeah, so yes. i mean it's just it's a constant problem with them yep. um and so we've already begun the conversation we've already had meetings and 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 gone back and forth with you know positions so that we are able to early on notify our potential nominees whether or not they should be looking to do business with the presidential debate commission because there's a lot of republicans who say we should just go do it a different way yeah because they've been so frustrated the last four so, years have really opened people's people. eyes to it yeah you would never have thought of it before then no so we're we're, we're i'm excited about the you know the the, the opportunity to, to, to serve in that capacity. And I'm excited about, uh, if you have good ideas, folks, 
you know, send them my way. That's really a great idea. You know, one of the more exciting parts about 2024 is that the television landscape will be so different than it was, let's say, in 1996 when, you know, debates were always on cable. But you've got all of these places now where people are watching TV without a cable box, without even a cable cord, streaming devices, and and, uh, the opportunity to give the debates a fresh format and to give new players an opportunity to play, I think is going to be one of the most exciting aspects of the 2024 election, and it's going to be right in your hands. John, I hadn't thought of that. I wonder who has a new platform. <laughs> I know I know a company called Real America's Video, Real America's Voice. They're awesome. But yeah, there's a lot of fun, a <laughs> lot of fun players. And, well, you know, who knows it'll be here before 2024. It's going to keep changing. And so. That, that's exactly right. You don't know where it's going to be then. But, yeah. you know, but you're, to your point, though, uh, is there are so many new uh, and up and coming opportunities uh, for debates to be held for moderators, right? For potential moderators that have never been done, that yeah. things that just have never been done before. You know, we could we we could host, and, and I haven't even talked to these guys about it, so I'm going to throw out their names anyway. Yeah. But uh, but but you know, we could have a debate where we could have Mike Huckabee, Newt Gingrich, and Rick Santorum, three former yeah candidates, presidential candidates yeah. who really know the business, understand, and their TV personalities yeah. themselves. They've got they the command. How to act. And they know they got the command of the facts and, and the and the issues, but they also know how to ask questions. Yeah. And I think it would be just interesting to see former candidates ask. Yeah. Right? I, I, I find it to be, uh, you know, there's so many things like that um, that have never been tried before. You know, we're going to have so many debates. Uh, we need to keep it fresh and new and interesting. Such an exciting opportunity. And, and I couldn't have picked a better person to take on the challenge and turn it into something that people will remember. It's uh, it's just great. So congratulations, Dave. And thank you for all the time. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I mean, every time we get together, we're always brainstorming. But it's we such have. an, yes. Uh, well, we it's an honor, honor to have you on this podcast. Hey, and and Thanks, thank you for all you do for your country, sir. Thank you. Look forward to doing it again soon. All right. That's great. All right, folks, we're going to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. 
All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. What a great opportunity to talk to Dave Bossy. I think some of the things he talked about, how uh, the world is looking at America under the Biden-Harris leadership team uh, was very insightful. Sometimes the Alice in Wonderland looking glass phenomenon, when you start to look through the interpretations, comments, statements of people looking at America, you get a sense of what we might really look like ourselves if we could just get above the fog of war. And I think Dave really did that in some of the comments he did today. And of course, some exciting things to think about on the debate commission, uh, where he's going to be the chairman, and of course, presidential election, how to read the most recent election results in the states, and of course, all the policies that are going to be out there, including including critical race theory and, and some of the school agendas, curriculum that are causing a movement, a parents' movement in America. Now, that's a serious movement. This is not some isolated thing. It didn't just happen in Loudoun County, Virginia, a few miles from my house. It is happening all over the country. People, particularly parents, are waking up to what their children have been taught or what they're about to be taught, and they're saying, not in my child's head, you're not. You're not getting that in there. And there is a movement across this country that we're going to chronicle. We already do. We have a full-time reporter that's really working on this. If you haven't checked out his work, Greg Piper joined us about six, eight weeks ago. We're so grateful to have him. He is a subject expert on cancel culture, on school curriculum, on the First Amendment and attacks on freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association, a true uh, journalistic expert and one who stays neutral, just writes the facts, uh, a guy you can really appreciate. Check him out regularly at justthenews.com. He always has a really interesting story, something that I go home and talk to my wife about or when we're at the water cooler, say, did you see Greg's story today? And it's always interesting. I'm going to try to get him on this show soon because what is going on, particularly in school boards and in college campuses, is a historic battle that I think will identify the next generation of freedom of speech in America. You're not going to want to miss it. I will have him up here soon. All right, before we go for the day, I want to shout out one of our great partners here at John Solomon Reports at justthenews.com. And the reason they mean so much is that I run a small business for the first time. I own my own company, Just the News and Bentley Media Group. And so when we get going, we want to spend all of our time on content creation, on television, on radio, on uh, newsletters, on your subscription club, the VIP club that we created. And uh, we don't want to spend a lot of time on HR, but it's important that somebody spend a lot of time on HR so you don't stub your toe, you don't get into litigation, you treat your most important asset in your company, your humans, your employees, the best way possible, get the most out of them, create a teamwork environment. And what better way to do that without having to spend all your time on it, but to go with my good friends at Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. -E. Bambi HR are some of the best folks. And guess what? It's $99 a month, just $99 a month to have a dedicated HR manager from Bambi available by phone, email, real-time chat, anytime when you need them to address it. This will take the HR nightmare out of your dreams and uh, put you to sleep at night, sleeping better because you've got good policies, good advice, good approach, and a good demeanor, good connection with your employee. So they've got a great deal for the first time ever. Check this out. You're going to hear about this. This is a Just the News, John Solomon Report exclusive. Ready for this? For the first time ever, Bambi's offering you a free trial at Bambi.com slash just news. Check this out. Bambi.com slash just news. It's spelled Bambi, B A M B E E dot com slash just news. 
This is their best offer ever. A free month of HR advice. You'd be crazy not to take this. If you're a small business owner and you got a company, take them up on this. They are true experts. You will not regret going to their website, signing up and getting the free month trial. You'll be with them for a long time. I have that confidence. So today, all you got to do, go to Bambi.com slash Just News, B-A-M-B-E-E, double E's, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Just News to take advantage of this historic once-in-a-lifetime offer from our good friends at Bambi. All right, now that I planted that seed in your head, it's time to let you go, get you to dinner, get you home, get the cool kids doing homework if they have any more left before school ends, get planning a vacation. Hey, we're allowed to be free again. We can go out of our houses, do something great tonight with your family, with your friends, embrace and appreciate all that God has blessed you with in your life. I know I'm going to go home and do that tonight as well. All right. We'll be back tomorrow with more news. We're going to have some scoopy stuff coming out in the next few days. And until then, until we get going, I want to wish you a blessed night. May God bless you. And I know he's going to continue to bless this amazing country, the United States of America, as he always has. You've been listening to the John Solomon Reports podcast from justthenews.com. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.